You're enamored with the package, the big, big package. What we just have to call Thomas Grant's erotica. Thomas Grant's erotica. Of course. Thomas Grant's erotica. Expect goals. Thomas Grant's erotica. Sultry Thursday. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning. It's brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience a Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. Thomas Drance, he of the Erotica, will be joining us in just a moment here to kick off hour three. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Kintech, that's what you're waiting for. Stop waiting. Go to Kintech. Don't delay. Kintech today. I should oh, be, nice. I should be nice. writing ad material nice. here. Nice. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. Thomas Drantz, Athletic, Vancouver, Canucks Talk, all that good stuff here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Drantz? Gentlemen, not much. How are you? Uh, we're good. Overtime last night. Penalty, no penalty. What's your choice? What's your call? What do you say? What do you know? Uh, I mean, I, I do think that it was curious, given that, like, I thought the Jake Neighbors call, the the one that took a Blues goal off the board, was like a far rarer type of penalty call, right? I mean, that almost reminded me of the um, Justin Hole interference in, in Game 7, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago. Like, you just so rarely see right. an infraction like that take a goal off the board. Um, you know, for me, it's like holding in football. It's like you, you can you kind can of call, call it every play. You can kind of. So so there's an element of – there's an element to which it's discretionary. And, you know, so it's so to me it's not like a huge miscarriage of justice when when it's not called. But, yeah, it could have been a penalty. Probably should have been a penalty. Uh, overall, what did you think of Petey's game? And then what did you think of Rick Tockett's comments on Petey's game? I, I mean, I thought Petey was off, right? I, I mean, it wasn't the, like, what I would say is, I think anyone nervous th- that Pedersen got hit by Luke Shen and using it to apply like a larger concern uh, you know, how will this guy hold up in the playoffs? Like, I think that's an out-to-lunch take, uh, personally. I mean, we've seen it. when We saw it when this guy was 20 pounds lighter uh, mm-hmm. against the big, bad Vegas Golden Knights in the in the playoffs, and he was swinging games at the net front. Like, we know what PD is going to do when the chips are down, and it's going to be, you know, go to the net with extraordinary discipline, whether the puck's going in for him or not. Um, the His form last night was way off. Uh, you know, the... Talk its commentary that he's been off for a few games, maybe, but but I think last night was a, a different magnitude than what we've seen in, in previous games, um, at least what I've seen in previous games. I just thought he was off. Uh, the Kevin Hayes setup 
on the um, Torpchenko three one goal. Uh, you know, that's just, and, and Pedersen knew he was mad at himself, right? Like he blew that coverage that that's super atypical, you know, that that's, that's um, the mark of a, of a guy who's a little off. I, I also thought, you know, in that new configuration, right. When you put Pedersen on a line with Mikheyev and, and Kuzmenko, and he doesn't see as much uh, of the Hughes heronic environment, right? Like I, I do think that puts a lot of <laughs> puts yeah. a lot on him to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, he, he wasn't himself last night. I, I think that's true. And I don't have a problem with talk. It's sort of matter of factly saying it. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, it's just not like, it's not the material drama, you know, it's, it's not material drama that Zadorov got benched or that the Canucks lost to the blues or like we're in this point of the season where things can kind of drag, yeah. right? Like b- beginning of this weekend, it's the all-star break. Everyone knows, right? Everyone's eyes are a little wide. Mm-hmm. You know, you play that sick, like absolutely sick game in a like Serbian basketball style environment against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it's like Blackhawks, Blues, Blue Jackets. And you know, then it's like Cabo. Yeah, Cabo on three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah. then, then going wide right to Cabo like the Bills. And, you know, I think the... Uh, the, the, the fact is, is it's hard, hard to not look past that. The fact that the Canucks didn't, you know, like that to me matters, right? Um, the fact that, like, I, I do think one thing that happened last night that I that I think kind of mattered is for the first 12 minutes or so, the Canucks were impossible to break out against. And the moment the Blues figured out how to break that forecheck, because the Canucks are playing a pretty deep 2-1-2. And once the Blues figured out how to get past it, they started, they, they controlled 30 minutes of the game. They were the better team for 30 minutes from, from that point on. Um, you know, that maybe that's a thing. Like, maybe that's a thing. There's a type of team that this Canucks team has struggled a little bit against. Uh, we saw it last time they played the Blues, right? We saw it against Philadelphia. Like, those teams that can attack with speed off the rush can give Vancouver problems especially when Susie's out of the lineup. Maybe that's a thing. Like, that, that that was one part of last night's game that I sort of took from it and was like, hey, maybe that matters. Maybe this Canucks team is better against possession-type teams than they are against these teams that attack with a little more discipline off the rush, these teams that are built a little more like them. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one thing that maybe maybe is a thing. But, but the fact that they lost in overtime or, you know, the criticism of Patterson, all that stuff, to me that's just... You know, that, that, to me, that's um, just kind of noise and, yeah. and noise that we sh- we can safely ignore, uh, understanding that on the other side of this break, right, you're going to open against Carolina, then then Boston on the road, then a pretty interesting back-to-back against this Detroit uh, Detroit team that profiles a little bit like, you know, the Flyers and the and the Blues in terms of how they play and, and Washington. And then you come home, you've got the Kings four times, you've got Vegas twice, you've got the Jets three times, the Avalanche twice, like just this absolute, you know, every night gauntlet of the best teams in the West. And this team has a chance to scramble into first place, you know, in the conference, first place in the league. I mean, they're first in the league by point percentage this Mm -hmm. morning. So, you know, there, there will be drama. 
there will be high drama over the balance of this Canucks season. I just think it has to wait until after the All-Star break. Transfer, have you put the Pedersen contract negotiation completely out of your mind as far as during the season, or do you think something could come from the All-Star break where you know it's been reported that PD is expected to at least meet with his reps in Toronto? I mean, yeah, his his level of consistency, right? That I, you know, it'll wait till after the season. I want to wait to talk to it uh, to talk about it until after the season. Like that's been so steadfast, you know that that I think at some point, like, are we gonna keep trying to kick this football? <laughs> you know, are we gonna keep are we gonna keep Charlie Browning here? Oh, I might hit it one day. <laughs> For sure. And I mean, look, the Canucks probably should to, to, to some extent be willing to be Charlie Brown <laughs> to, to Pedersen's Lucy here. But, you know, like I don't have any reason to think that the all-star break would change anything. I don't think anyone does. Mm-hmm. The, the fact is, is that pretty consistently, despite, you know, a, a, uh, like a gift of a campaign, right? Where everything has gone, has come up Vancouver, right? Where the hockey's been fun. The team has been putting up truly crooked numbers. They're number one in the West. I mean, you know, where a bad night is still a night in which you eliminate two, two, two goal deficits in the third period and and keep a 10 game point streak alive. Like that, that qualifies as an off night now in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That's how good things are. Um, and, you know, if that hasn't changed it, why would the all-star break? So, yeah, I mean, it's not out of my mind so much as I just feel like, I feel like we, this, this is a star player that I feel like has told us what he was going to do and then has gone about doing it. Yeah. And, and I, I find it hard for, you know, it, just in terms of, and I don't have any unique insight into it. Like Pedersen really doesn't want to talk about it. So I just kind of look at it and be like, okay, he told us this one thing. He's been consistent about that one thing. Why would I expect it to change? Because he's, you know, going to a city in which, you know, one of, one of his two principal agents lives for, for all-star, right? Like I, I, I'd be surprised if it changed anything. Um, what do you make of the King struggles? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they should be fired up. This has been bad. They've been losing to bad teams. Like they, they lost to the San Jose Sharks to pull a lead against the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, it's definitely worrying, especially given how they played at the start of the year. And yet, you know, I'm, I'll be totally honest with you. Like under the hood, they're still elite. I mean, they've shot 6% with 900 goaltending over the course of the past month. And yeah, you're going to lose some games with 6% shooting clip and 900 goaltending. Um, to me, it's not a lot different than Edmonton two, eight and two to start the year. Like under the, if, if you're a lead under the hood for 10, 11, 12 games, the way the Kings have been over the course of this, you know, sag stretch in which they've, you know, very much put their ability to win the Pacific, uh, out of the question, frankly, given how hot the Canucks and the Oilers have been while they've struggled. Um, but also, you know, I, th- I think it put their playoff position very much at risk. Um, you know, it's easy to overreact to that, and it's easy to get frustrated. In fact, you, you'd hope that players are frustrated, but I, I don't change my opinion on a team based on a 12-game sample uh, when their underlying performance remains high-end. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, they're going through it. 
they're going through it and it hasn't been pretty, but I still think that's a very formidable team. Do you think Edmonton has a realistic chance of catching the Canucks for first in the division? One in three? Yeah. Do you consider one in three realistic? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would I'd, I'd, I'd so, put that so out too. I'd say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that team's, the team's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, that's a ludicrous... That You know, it's like... Um, I understand people who'd look at it and say, well, their goaltending is not very good. Or, you know, even though Skinner has been totally like fine other outside of the first month of the year, um, you know, he's certainly not Thatcher Demko, right? Uh, I can understand looking at that team and being like, you know, Cody CC plays top four minutes for them. Do they have enough defensive depth or, you know, I don't love their bottom six. Like not only do I understand it, I think that's fair across the board, but like, the Canucks may have more engines, right? Like the Canucks can be carried for a couple weeks by their third line, right? The, the Canucks um, it, team defensive team defense on over the course of the season has, has been better, even though Edmonton's defense has been super elite since the coaching change, you know, like the Canucks have more outs, I think than the Oilers, but when that, Oilers top end group is running. They are smashing teams yeah. um, in, in a way that the Canucks aren't at the top of their lineup, right? With the exception of, of a week in New York, right? Like it's, it's just a little different and a little materially different. And, and it comes down to like, what matters more? Does it matter more that without getting a single bounce, you're going to outscore your opposition two to one with how you control play and generate scoring chances with the top end of your lineup? on the ice or does it matter more that you're a more well-rounded team? Um, you know, it, it's an interesting question and, and it feels like in the playoffs every year, we find out that the, the more well-rounded team uh, tends to do, tends to outperform uh, the team with that top, uh, top end. But that's if you can handle the team's top end right now, the Canucks did three times. And I think we have to note that. So I'm not, but, but I'm not picking between these two teams in a playoff series, I'm saying what matters more over the balance of the regular season, um, man, I just think the way that that Oilers top end comes at you and overwhelms teams, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to look at that and not say that the Oilers are the best team in the league, frankly, uh, on a true talent basis. And so I, you know, Canucks are very likely at this point, they've put themselves in this spot to win the Pacific division. Um, which is incredible. Like it's an incredible thing to say, uh, but it's not over yet. The Oilers are steamrolling. What are the Canucks more likely to add a top six winger or a top six center? You know, like the, the Rutherford MO that I think matters is that when he feels he, he's got a team with a shot, when he feels like he's close, he adds a star, right? Like he has a star level player, right? That's the Doug Wade thing. That's ultimately, you know, you can look at Pittsburgh Penguins deadline moves and it's mostly like Justin Schultz or, you know, like sort of uh, depth pieces, but really it was the Kessel move, right? Established star forward. And, and I, I think there's a, a point to which it's a little bit position agnostic. Um, and I think the wingers are better, right? Like at the top of the, at the top of every public trade board, you'll see Elias Lindholm and you'll see Jake Gensel. And there's familiarity, 
with the Canucks top executive with both players, but like, you know, Jake Gensel's a, a better player, right? Like materially a mm-hmm. better player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would think that, I would think that if you're trying to land an established star, you know, you're going to prioritize adding the best possible piece to the lineup. Right. I mean, this team could sorely use an additional top six forward, especially given that, you know, the ups and downs, let's say of, of Andre Kuzmenko this season. So, you know, I think the, I think the fact is, is that what I expect this team to prioritize is adding the most impactful guy to the lineup, like the most impactful guy. I do think though, and you know, I've talked to some pro scouts about it. I've been polling some people. I'll, I'll probably write about it at some point, but you know, I do think a big forward, like a big center in particular, a big middle six center to, to, you know, if you want to go Pedersen Miller, then you have the versatility to use Suter on the wing, the ability to push Bluger to the fourth line. Like, I think that's what a lot of observers around the industry would, would be, would, would answer if asked, what should this team add? Yeah. Right. Like, are you concerned? Size, Cause we just actually that. had this conversation. If, if, if the Canucks have enough size and strength up front. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm concerned because they've got like, Hoaglander's not big, but man, he's, yeah, he's strong. a pain to move off the wall, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Garland's not big by any means, but he he's annoying in terms of in terms of helping that line drive play, right? Like that line plays black and blue hockey, regardless of you know the size of the right winger on it. Um, so no, I, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm concerned about Vancouver's size up front, but you know, again, I think. If you're a bigger team with speed that attacks off the rush, right, and and is disciplined about how you break the Canucks forecheck and stretch them out, especially when Carson Soucy's out of the lineup because he's so good at, at defending the blue line, you know, I, I think that's kind of been the only template we've seen this Canucks team struggle with a bit, right? The the thing about the Flyers, the Abs, like this team hasn't lost very often, but when they have, it feels like those are teams that have given them fits on occasion anyway. Um you know, and I think we did see it a little bit last night, right? Where where the Blues' size was a lot uh, at, at various moments in the game. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a huge priority, but it's certainly something you'd like to add ahead of the playoffs. Drancer, always good to catch up with you. Enjoy. Thanks, Thanks boys. Bye. By Thomas Drance from the Athletic Vancouver and Canucks Talk here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, what we learns are coming up. On the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. The exercise goes as it always does. You hashtag it WWL. In the text, you tell us what you've learned in the world of sports over the last 24 hours. Uh, We read it on the air. It's your chance to be on the radio. I'm going to go now. I'm going to kind of get the ball rolling, you know, get things started. I have uh, a very good and very exciting what we learned because I... uh, I go to all the Whitecaps games. I follow the team rather closely. I'm excited for this season. Uh, I learned that this morning, the Vancouver Whitecaps have officially extended the contract of their best player and their star player, Ryan Gauld. He has agreed to a designated player, a DP contract, through 2027, which is fantastic news. If you are not a Whitecaps fan, if you don't 
like watching football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. I would recommend you change that. I love watching the guy play. I think he embodies a lot of things that a lot of people want to see in their professional athletes. He is remarkably hardworking. They were trying to put it out there last year, their marketing campaign for him for MVPs, the working class MVP. He's got a real industry, yes, industry about him, but he's also extremely talented. Uh, I'm really glad that they've got this commitment. I think that he has the potential to be the first real sort of like face of the franchise, star player, a guy that people can identify with and actually enjoy getting behind because... Can he get even better? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a level of leadership and pulling the team along by the bootstraps that he can really bring. Look, who's going to be his running mate? Brian White. Brian White still? Brian White, yeah. They found a good connection there, Mm -hmm. right? Galled, the playmaker, White, the finisher. Now, he's not an elite-level finisher. He got called up to the U.S. national team. Oh, did he? Well, okay. I don't want to take anything away from the guy, but it was like a a C team for the U.S. It was mostly domestically based MLS guys. But hey, you know but what? He was recognized. You get to go, you get to yeah. go. It's a great feather in his cap. That's Brian White I'm talking about. Um he I you know, and I'm not just putting this on because uh I support the team and everything. Gold is genuinely a good guy. And if you if you bring your kids to the match and they watch him watch him go. It's not just the flair, it's not just the ability to, you know, ping a ball 60 yards and put it in a tight space. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He's relentless. He chases players down. He hounds the opposition to get the ball back. He's always constantly moving. When he walks off the pitch, he's dripping because you can tell that he's put in a shift and he's working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Whitecaps, I think one of the things that has probably kept them from uh, reaching over to the casuals and to people that maybe don't necessarily follow the sport or them is that they haven't had that guy. They've had good players come through. Right? They've mm-hmm. had talented players come through, but none of them have really been here for a long time and been the sort of face of the, the franchise and the club. And I think that Gold can be that guy. And now he's signed through 2027. So uh, good day for the Whitecaps. Good day for Ryan Gold. That is my What We Learned. Moo cow me. Okay, get your What We Learns into the Dunbar Lumber text line 650 650. Dunbar Lumber, with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver, online at DunbarLumber.com. The Canucks have one game left before the All-Star break, and that is Saturday against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We already gave away our tickets to that game, so there's no competition for best what we learned today. It's just being a good teammate to the show. Sending in what we learned, participating. You know, you shouldn't have to be bribed to send in what we learned. Please send in what we learned. We're desperate. Um, uh, well, we do. We do have one thing that we can not necessarily give away, but it's it's a little perk. If you want to uh, reserve your spot at the big football party at the Clayton Public House, Sportsnet six fifty, us not Bruff and I, but the station, we are hosting a big football party at the Clayton Public House on Sunday, February eleventh. What big football game is going on? Sunday, February 11th. You'll have to go to the Clayton Public House to find out. Uh, book your table now. You can visit them at theclaytonpub.com. Clayton Public House, good food, good people, good times. What we learned is coming up next on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Hitting the most important topics for Vancouver sports fans. The People's Show with Vic Nazar. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. my favorite part of the show. 
What did I say? Talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. It's what we learn time. On the show. 8.31 on a Thursday. Happy Thursday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour three of the program. It is what we learn time. Hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. To learn more, visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Uh, Jason does not have a what we learned. It's not because he didn't do the work. He's just seeding the time so the dogs can do theirs and then we can get to the humanoids. The listeners really came through, so the dogs need to hurry up. Exactly. Even though there's no prizes today. No prize giveaways. uh, We still got a lot of good uh, humanoid what we learned. So, uh, dogs, time, Greg, Laddie, you're up first. Go. Yeah, what we learned is that uh, MJ isn't done yet. He's decided to sign a contract, a futures deal, with the New England Patriots, what? the offensive lineman spent four seasons in the NFL with the Cincinnati Bengals and has moved on to sign with the Patriots. Yes, there's a player named Michael Jordan in the oh, NFL. Oh, I see. That's why. That's, that was the joke. Really? That's yes. Funny. I thought this would have landed on my radar. I've been paying very close attention to the NFL offseason. <laughs> well, there was a Michael Jordan in the NHL, wasn't there? Um, Mc- Mikhail. Mikhail. Jordan. Mikhail Jordan. 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 Yeah, one of the He's funnier tyrons I've seen is, I can't remember which broadcast it was, but they put up like a points comparison board for right. both Michael Jordans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, this Michael Jordan is six so foot six, 315 not, pounds, so wow. a little different. If, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mikhail Jordan... Uh, play at one time played for the Charlotte Checkers, so it was like Michael Jordan, UNC, right, North right. Carolina, and then Michael Jordan, Charlotte Checkers. They should have worn. They should have gotten special like Tar Heels jerseys yeah. to wear. You gotta, you funny. have to monetize you into that. that. Yeah, I saw. Uh, speaking of outfits, I saw um, MJ on the golf course recently. Came close to a hole in one, and it popped up in my Instagram uh, golf feed, and. He is not changing his style. He's still doing it? He's, He's still wearing the oversized was, pants? He was wearing the most massive pair of red shorts you'll ever oh, see. Oh, he was going shorts. Okay. Yeah. Because like, the pants are the one that are the meme now. Michael Jordan golf pants are like a meme. Mm, because they're... I mean, these would have been pants for most people. <laughs> <laughs> they were that big. But like everyone in the comment section, uh, this is what I like about golf Instagram. It doesn't get too like angry or whatever. Everyone's like, still with the outfits. If you, yeah, it's a very, very polite group. If you go, if if you want to Google, if you want to, like, if you've got time in your life and you've got five minutes and you're like, I need a laugh, just Google Michael Jordan jeans and you will just see the collection of jeans that this guy I mean I respect it once you got a style and you find it you got to stick with it amount of denim I, I, yeah that is there was a denim shortage true it was all you in know? his pants like it, <laughs> all the world's it, denim it is why why such so much denim he must he must need extra big closets to fit all the cl- 
clothing. Like I'm, yeah. I'm talking about not not just like the amount of the, the the number of things. Like I'm talking about the actual clothing part of it. The cloth. He his, has his bed is denim, denim sheets. No, he goes. No, he, no, 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 no. It's, it's not, not just like denim. That. It's just that everything is oversized. Everything is he huge. was like, in my day, we wore oversized stuff, and I'm sticking with it. So he also has a pair of uh, seersucker cargo pants that are approximately 86 inches wide <laughs> there are like you, there's one pair of these in the world they you could belong- jump out of a plane with those and you'd be safe it's like is it, are those seersucker cargo pants like you have to take a step back for a minute and realize what's going on yeah. like he should be an honorary canadian with the number of canadian <laughs> tuxedos that he's worn he does like his canadian tuxedos could he not have a stylist that's the thing that's his style i respect that he doesn't remember the mustache sometimes he just does things he's like i'm michael jordan i can do if i was that famous and had that much money i would not care either i'll wear whatever i want what are you gonna do uh moo cow michael jordan (laughs) i did it i did michael jordan jeans yeah i'm on there too (laughs) and they're just like they're so Uh, bad too you know like it's a choice. Uh, A-Dog. Mine's, mine's quick, but very exciting. <laughs> yes. Very exciting. Um, you can eat these wearing jeans, too, which is something to note. <laughs> okay. uh, McDonald's has announced, after 10 years of waiting, the McRib is coming back to Canada January yeah. 30th at select McDonald's locations. I've circled this on my calendar several times. I'll be taking the day off. I'll be tenting out early. And I'll be ready to go. So I've never had a McRib. They're, I mean, you know, they're... It's an experience. What, and everyone and needs what, to have one once in a Going to life. the hospital is an experience. Yeah. What, what kind of experience? not that it? bad. And those two things can be co- or correlated. Um, <laughs> so the the McRib is a it's it's a pork patty. It's I'm, so sad you have to explain it's just this. It's pressed bro. together. Isn't How have it? you it's, never had a McRib, bro? It's designed. I go there and I'm like, I want a Big Mac, yeah. and I get a Big Mac. Okay, so the, the design behind it is to look like uh, you know a rack of ribs. But obviously, you can't put a rack of ribs in in a bun because because <laughs> there's bones involved. So this is bo- this is boneless, obviously. I, you know, I'm glad they didn't go down the road of trying to find like an edible replacement that looks like a bone, an yeah. edible bone. Because right. I feel like Mc, a talk, McBone, if McBone. If you talk about uh, hospital visits, I feel like the McBone is going to lead to a <laughs> lot of McBone extra here. McBone in the side. See please. how people eat at McDonald's. They might just be like. Yeah. Sir, please breathe. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that you're excited I'll about another the, McRib, please. Yeah, I'm glad you're excited about the McRib. Another Whopper for the copper. Uh, yeah, we'll Thank just move. You. you know what? We're just going to move out. Okay, uh, fire the dot matrix. Time for the humanoid edition of what we learn. What we learn humanoid edition is brought to you by Get Fire Plan. Protect what matters most with comprehensive fire safety plans, monthly audits, and risk mitigation at $200 off. Visit them at getfireplan.com. We were having a laugh yesterday about the administrative nonsense text we got that one time. Yeah. That's a perfect example of it. No, it was, it was a podcast review. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was like, it's like the, it's a perfect way to describe all the stuff we feel the need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, now that we're done talking about the McRib, please play the Moo Cow, then we'll do the fire plan read, and then we'll do the arrest oh, of the dot And don't forget to print out the it's, submissions. Yeah. Administrative it, nonsense. What we learned. Oh, wait a minute. We have to do get fire plan. Did we do that? No, we, we did, oh, it. did it. The administrative uh, nonsense is taken care of. Okay. Uh, Kyle the Crow in Canmore. What we learned. Nick Dunlap decided that winning and being the only guy who doesn't get paid wasn't the best strategy. Yeah, Nick Dunlap went pro today. Oh, um, yeah, you just say, like, I'm a professional now. It's like declaring bankruptcy. 
Someone texted. I'm a professional. Yeah, someone texted that into the show. You stole. You stole. I don't know who it was, but they did. Yeah. Oh. That, that exact same reference. Wow. Okay. That's pretty I coincidental. Didn't... Yeah, it is. Well, I guess not because it's a pretty standard joke. Oh, I, didn't... I see. I... Yeah. Okay. You didn't watch The Office, did you? I did watch it a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's one of his. I know. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So this was the same guy that we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Dunlap. He won the Amex, which is down in uh, Palm Springs. And he didn't, because he was an amateur, he didn't get the one and a half million dollars. That went to the second place finisher who was like, thanks, Nick. (laughs) Good job. I'll I'll take you out for a coffee. Um, He was supposed to play at Torrey Pines this weekend, but he withdrew from that tournament to, I guess, sit down with his family or sit down with his visors and figure out. Um, what he wanted to do. And uh, on the one hand, he was like, I could stay at the University of Alabama and get a much-needed University of Alabama degree. Or, or, or I could make millions playing a sport for a living. I don't know, that Alabama degree. I can really go places. Because the thing is, he's already won the U.S. Amateur. He's won the USAM, U.S. Junior Amateur. So there's like nothing left for him to do. And by the way, with the with the rise of the internet, I and I hate this. I feel it feels dirty using the word amateur. Yeah. <laughs> That's true actually. Like, and I don't like that. Like someone google amateur right now. What's the first thing that pops up? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Not a big rib strangely. Uh, okay. Uh this is from SS in BBY. So that's SS in Burnaby. Hashtag #WWO what we learned. It's time to change the Thomas Drance jingle. I don't need my seven-year-old singing Thomas Drance Veronica on the way to school. <laughs> and then asking, wait a minute, what is that last word, actually? It's, at, it's, it's, it's Veronica. SS and uh, your child, SS mm-hmm. Junior, uh, it is Thomas Drance Veronica. Just be happy that Shorty didn't use the word he wanted to use. Uh, you know what else we could say? Yeah, right. Um, it's also uh, Thomas Drant's harmonica. Is well, I'm surprised he hasn't, he hasn't leaned into that yet. He should. What's that? Uh, carry around a harmonica and label it Thomas Drant. Thomas Drant's harmonica. harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good harmonica. Right, right, right. Pretty good harmonica. Yeah, that's up there with Bruff's wind. <laughs> uh, Justin in East Van, what we learned listening to Mike and Jason arguing about cross-checking penalties this morning was almost like listening to American sports talk radio. We so had, we had. Some, I'd like we, to apologize for that. Yeah, we had an introspective moment at the break. We were like, did we do that? And it was yeah. my fault, right? I, I, I don't know. Like, what's the one that they always do? It's like uh, it's Big Al and the Douche coming at you live, yeah. Sports Talk Radio. You this, take this point, and I'll take this point. And the key is to never back down and admit that you're wrong. Like, and then at the break, we're like, you know, and then we hugged. I do have you a bit of hug. a problem um, not getting the last word in. Yeah, right. No, you. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. That sounds made up. When we, yeah, We've worked at a, a few different outlets before, and we've had that foisted upon us. They're like, well, there's two of you, and you kind of got different personalities. What if this one guy is the one and the other guy is the other? And then you do the spy versus spy, black versus And, and then spy. I would always I would be like, what if I don't believe that? Yeah, that's the thing, because <laughs> you have to dive headfirst into some- It's so stupid. You just lose yourself in these arguments that you don't even believe in. It's got to be organic. Uh, unsigned what we learned. I learned that PD is developing a reputation with the referees around the league. He needs to stop falling down so easily and quit the whiny looks. Uh, he probably is developing a reputation. Probably. 
Uh, you know what we didn't bring up during our very classic American sports radio debate was the superstar calls. Mm. And I didn't want to go there, and I don't want to go there now, but that would be the automatic foil. Well, to, Patrick, well, Patrick Alvin told the referees, but don't worry, we don't have any superstars. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry about that whole dynamic, because that's not a thing here. <laughs> but that would be the counterpoint to he's developing a reputation as a diver. It's like, well, would Connor McDavid get that call? Right. And then the counter argument to that would be like, well, he's not Connor McDavid. And then you go down a real dark road, which we're not going to do. But Connor McDavid doesn't get that call. Anyway, Harry Edmonton Oilers fans complaining yeah. all the time that he doesn't get Connor that. McDavid gets a lot of penalty calls. Yeah, he gets. Uh, I, yeah, you he know does. what? I, OK, but he probably deserves them. And so does exactly Petey. like exactly. he does deserve a bunch of calls. I I personally just didn't think that I would have called that if I was the ref. And you can boo me then, too, just like you boo me during the show. Uh, Robin Surrey, what I've learned is that. I never would have thought that I'd be going through Canuck withdrawals again after the last decade, but I'm not looking forward to the shakes and the anxiety coming up between January 27th and February 6th. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so what are you talking about? All-Star Weekend's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, it is. Why? Because why do, we, why got, do we have to do this all the time? Because we got like, the players draft on Thursday. Then you got the skills comp with five Canucks. Well, I don't know if all five are in it, but nevertheless, the skills comp with a bunch of Canucks. And then you got the All-Star game with five Canucks and Tockett be fun. Uh, I, I feel like we probably should be talking this up as a bona fide Sportsnet property that they're going to be airing throughout the weekend, but hey. Plus you got the, hun- the mascot Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, okay. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, be, survives. I'll be in the I'll be into the players draft. That'll be I fun. That, uh, as long as alcohol is involved. Oh, you're a big Tate McRae guy, huh? Uh, can, you imagine, can, you, can you imagine if uh, JT Miller like doesn't select PD and then, then, then he's like <laughs> That's it. It'd be funny if they had yeah, draw if they, that broke the camel's back. It'd be funny I if they am out of here. Contract <laughs> talks are off. They should <laughs> forever. In, they should invite Kessel back to it and pick him last again. I'm glad that you mentioned the uh, mascot Hunger Games because while we were on the air yesterday, we got the email or I got right. an email from NHL PR, and like I God bless I, working in PR has to be tough. Like you want to talk about committing yourself to an argument you don't really believe in. Mm-hmm. Some of the things you have to write as a PR person, like you're just like, I can't believe I'm doing this. It's like one of the most exciting uh, parts of the weekend is the you know the mascot game, and I did not realize that every NHL team does not have a mascot. Mm-hmm. They only have thirty, so two teams don't. Does anyone know who they are? I know one of them. I bet the Rangers don't. The, have the one. Rangers do not. The Rangers do not. The Detroit Red Wings do not have a mascot either. They got that octopus though. That but I don't comes down from the ceiling. Right, but Why that's not they a mascot. Why would just have a giant wheel like Wheelie? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, yeah, a giant wheel with legs and arms. Call him Wheelie. We, we put as little wingy. thought possible into this guy. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like, it's, it's easy. And the New York could just be a, a guy, a ranger, like a, um, a guy with a ranger mask. Link. <laughs> Okay. Link. Might be a little creepy, but... Yeah. <laughs> What's he doing? Hello, ladies. Yeah. Just a Is this seat taken? Yeah. Are you the mascot? Are you the mascot? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the mascot. Uh, Lincoln and Surrey, hashtag WWO, what we learned. Cody Hodgson recorded an assist last night with the AHL's mm-hmm. Milwaukee Admirals in his pro hockey return. Did the Canucks just find their second-line center? You know what? I mean, all joking aside... What a cool story that we, yeah. I think we meant to. Good for Cody. I think That's we meant awesome. to bring this up earlier. It, it came up. Ha- oh, did we? Okay. Yeah, Not yeah. today, but it's, we've talked about Hodgson making his comeback. It's, uh, talk about coming out of nowhere. The guy's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time that he actually played professional hockey, but he's given it a go. It's really cool to see because he obviously had the back half of his career kind of ripped away due to injury. Yeah, yeah. And when he, you leave the bad back, right? Yeah, when yeah. you leave something on the table like that, well, I think you always you, you're always left with that like what if. He had right? a condition that he actually had to get sorted out. Mm. It had to do with calcium in his bone. Like it was really, okay. but he got it sorted out and he's good now. And do you know who scored that goal that he assisted on? I do not know. Jasper Weatherby. Wow, one of the best right. names. That is one of the best hockey. names. 
in hockey. Jasper oh, Weatherby. I think your boy Ken Appleby, not Jasper Weatherby. Ken Appleby got uh, reassigned to the minors. Yes. Yeah. So tough times. Jasper Appleby, is that what you said? No. <laughs> Jasper Appleby would be a good name. Josh, in his video van, what we learned, I learned that the metallic helmets are ugly. They don't even match the colors of the jersey, and I'd be okay if I never saw them again. To be honest, Not- I didn't even notice them from a distance, to be honest. Like, once you see the close-up the game? No. no, but no, I was no. just watching on TV. I'm just saying, like, the, the standard ice angle on TV, I could barely no. tell they were metallic. They, they didn't pop, like, the Vegas no, and not at all. the L.A. ones. Probably for which good, are Which is a good thing. I garish. Think. But, yes. yeah, but what is the point of them, then? I don't know. The, the worst part for me was that they didn't uh, match hold the on blue. because... The blue didn't match the jerseys. They're selling them. This is, That's why I felt bad about making fun of the yesterday. It actually turns out they're for charity. The, the chrome, the, the chrome, chrome ones. yeah. So. That would actually be kind of a cool thing to have if you're into collecting sports paraphernalia, which I'm not. But like sure. that would be that would look neat if you had that on your desk or something like yeah, that. So know? they're they're going to be sold at charity, and the proceeds of the funds are going to go to the Canucks for Kids Fund. Okay, but well, are they are they going to wear them again? Or are they? I done? don't know. Actually, they just I think they've only committed to the St. Louis game for now. Sorry, I don't want to go back to this, but one guy texted. There's did. another. Sorry, there is just oh, not yeah, to cut sure. you off. There okay. is going to be a second game in which they're going to wear them. Oh, okay. It would probably make sense if they do it on Saturday, where you know then you could have a really sweaty bucket on your desk. Like it's worth two games in a row, not just one. I like this one from Doug and Port Moody. What we learned: the shiny blue helmets affected their brain waves, and as a result, they lost the game. Yeah, that I, was my I, takeaway. My joke was that uh, they were too fancy, and. Uh, they they stopped they stopped uh, playing like a blue collar team and they started playing like a chrome blue collar. They team. traded in the blue collar for the blue. Yeah, blue shined fancy, up that collar. Uh, Mike, the urologist from Brockville, he's got a question for us. Do you think it's fair to conclude we don't want to part with Vlander? We're going with Vlander, by the way. Yeah. When decided. you said Matt's Vlander yesterday, I was like, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to part with Vlander or Lecker or Mackey for a pure one year rental like Gensel or Lindholm, but we would do it for a young play driving player with term and team control, Ericsson X, some version of a forward version of Heronic. I don't think they want to part, I don't think we either want to part with Vlander or Lecker or Mackey. would be the guy that he's probably their prized prospect. I mean, after Just because it's so hard to find. Yeah, and after what I saw at the juniors, I'm not really willing to part with Lecker or Mackey either because it's not just a good tantalizing young prospect. It's that when they break into the National Hockey League, they're doing it for minimal dollars. Yeah. And if they can come in and produce, it is such a godsend. Because mm-hmm. you also have to assume that you're not going to be able to continually find guys through your pro scouting. Well, Bester's UFA in a couple of years. Yeah, like you just, you know what you've got now. Right, the one thing about trading away the first round pick in 2024 is like you don't know what it is. You don't know where it's going to be in the draft. You don't know who's going to get taken. You don't know if the pick's going to pan or bust. You kind of know that these guys are on a path to being good, and that's why you're so loath to part with them. Uh, JC in New West, with what we learned, looking at natural stat trick for last night's game, PD played around five minutes, five on five, with the Hughes Hronick pair, while Miller played over 14 minutes with that pair. It was noticeable. For fun, I looked at last night's stats cards for the Abs Capitals game, and McKinnon played over 11 minutes, 5-on-5 five five with Makar and Taves. He also played with Rantanen and Durant as his line mates. For those crapping on PD's performance, I do agree he was off last night. It was probably one of his worst games of the season, but context matters too. PD can't do it all alone. Drancer kind of touched on that a little bit, that... When you break up the lotto line, you also lose the potential to just what he calls self-match 
with the Hughes-Hronick pair, and you have all five of those guys out there. Some of the kids have joked that that can be the can be the Lotto Max line, Max with the it. with Hughes and Hronick yeah, out yeah, yeah. there. Play the extra. Um, yeah, look, I nothing is ever usually so cut and dried that you can just be like, that's on that one factor, right? Mm. Last season when the Canucks were playing badly in front of Thatcher Demko, Thatcher Demko also wasn't playing well. It was a combination of things that led them to look like a beer league team at times, Um, Uh, psychological too. But, you know, I, I, I really do think that number one on the shopping list for the Canucks if they don't want to go lotto line, and it feels like they don't, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure if it's a good idea to go lotto line, they need to put to get put put Pedersen with a premier player. Right, I agree. And if Drancer, I think Drancer brings up a point that Jim Rutherford likes to. Well, Jim Rutherford likes to make all sorts of trades. Like he just he, likes making he, trades, big trades, small trades, fat trades, thin trades, whatever you know, like yeah, medium he, trades, trades with brown hair, trades with blonde hair. He yep. likes trades, but he does been trades with chicken pox. Yeah, well, well, you don't want that. Maybe keep that away from the team. Yeah, uh, they probably all got it already. I think he wants to bring in an impact player, and um, if that is a guy like Jake Gensel. I'd love to see Petey play with Jake Gensel. That would be incredible. And you know what? That would be a big responsibility for Petey, too. Mm-hmm. Right? And I would hope he would rise to the occasion and say, look, these guys went out there and spent assets for me. You know, you mentioned... I better play well with this guy. But it's got to happen first, right? Like, yeah. I'm still not convinced that the Penguins are even going to trade Gensel. Well, you mentioned it earlier that it sounds like the Penguins are really going to... Ha- sort of buckle down and decide what future path they're going to take with Gensel and I think with the team at the All-Star break. Yeah, they're going to take a look at it. Now, they might set a date at the All-Star game and go, if we're not in a position by this date, then we start selling. But right. they are... But they right are, now, because yeah. I mean, the, the quote from Dubas uh, Pittsburgh Radio last week was that any talk about, and I kind of was having some fun with it, but any talk about a Gensel trade is just per, pure speculation because we haven't had any. But I think there was a sort of nod to the future, which is, but we are going to have to have these conversations sooner rather than later. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens at the trade deadline. Okay, uh, we are, trade deadline, sorry, all-star break. We're right up against it for time. Uh, thank you all for listening today and thank you all for weighing in. A reminder, tomorrow is Friday. That means it's Ask Us Anything Friday. That means we're giving away a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza. It's always a fun show. Uh, we got Dolly tomorrow. We got Moj tomorrow. So uh, be sure to tune in for the final show of the week and start getting your Ask Us Anythings in now. The best one will get you a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizza on East Broadway. For now, though, we got to say goodbye. Thank you all again for listening. It's been a fun show. Signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog. He's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. You're enamored with the package. The big, big package.